Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The Peter Schiff Show. Economic data continues to trickle out, coming in on balance weaker than expected. The Atlanta Fed today notching down its estimate for Q2 GDP to 2.6%. This is the lowest the Atlanta Fed has been since they've been making forecasts on the second quarter. I am assume that they're going to continue to uh, ratchet that bar lower and lower as more economic data comes out that is worse than expected. You know, speaking of economic data, Fed Governor Lael Brainerd was talking today, and she indicated that soon it would be time for the Fed to begin, you know, shrinking its balance sheet, quantitative tightening, although she didn't use those words. But she said that it would be time to begin this process now, assuming that the economy cooperates. Well, that is a massive assumption that is not likely to uh, materialize. I doubt the economy is going to cooperate with quantitative tightening in any way that the Fed would find acceptable. In fact, she also mentioned in her talk today, she or she acknowledged that we're getting near the end of the tightening cycle and that there's not much room for the Fed to raise rates, you know, especially if the Fed is trying to unwind its balance sheet, because unwinding the balance sheet becomes even more expensive and even more, you know, an even more difficult task to uh, pull off if you um, are raising interest rates at the same time, because raising interest rates simply reduces the value of the bonds that the Federal Reserve already holds and puts more upward pressure on interest rates, which are already going to be uh, under upward pressure as a result of the fact that the Fed is trying to shrink its balance sheet and therefore selling bonds into the market. But what I want to talk more about today is what's happening in the market. Market indicators of a turning point of a major top. You know, I was talking about the IPO of Blue Apron. And, you know, I've been putting up some uh, posts about what's been going on with that stock. And I've seen some comments on my Facebook page, you know, why am I preoccupied 
with a with a company like Blue Apron, it's not so much the company itself, uh, but what it represents. You know, the type of warning bell that they ring at the top. This is a harbinger of something. It's an indication of something. A the fact that a company with such a you know questionable business model could come public with the type of fanfare that this one came public with. I mean, in my mind, if the founders of Blue Apron, I mean, they, these guys couldn't even get a deal on Shark Tank, yet they were able to bring out an IPO with a near $2 billion valuation. And in fact, the talk was going to be $3 billion. That's where Wall Street wanted to bring it out. Uh, but the buyers balked at the $3 billion number, and they uh, ended up uh, paying uh, near $2 billion. Well, now the stock may hit a new low. This is the lowest it's been. It closed at 714, down another 12% today. Wall Street has lost control of this IPO. This thing is plunging. In fact, an analyst came out today from a smaller bank and actually put a price target on the stock. This is the first price target, and it's $2 a share. Two bucks. That would give the company a market cap of uh, $380 million dollars. They just raised $300 million in cash last week, selling off 15% of the company. Now an analyst says the entire company, including all that cash, is only worth $380 million. You know, when I originally spoke about this stock, I mentioned that they were losing about $50 million a year. That was last year. Now they're losing $50 million a quarter, uh, which means, you know, it's not going to take long for them to burn through this $300 million. My guess is they're going to have to go back to the drawing board on their business plan and try to come up with something else that may be somewhat viable. But the point is not so much that this little company can't survive. It's that they brought it public in the first place, and then they couldn't keep the air in the bubble. Speaking about air coming out of a bubble, take a look at Snap, which was another Wall Street darling. This stock, you know, Snapchat, came public at 17 not too long ago. I think it was in March. And that thing had a big pop. Opening day, it ran up to over $29. So the opposite of uh, Blue Apron, which never really you know, could move, it opened at 10 and then closed at 10. This thing, it was still a hot IPO when it came out, and, and it run up you know, to almost $30. Well, now it's about half that price. It's about, it closed at $15.47. This is a new low down just under 9% on the day. I think Morgan Stanley, which was one of the underwriters of Snap, came out and reduced their price target. I think it was like 28 or 26. They reduced the price target down to 16, which is still above where it is now. Of course, it was above 16 when they cut the price target. But believe me, if their price target is 16, they think the stock is going a lot lower than that. They're just embarrassed to, to put it in print. Uh, but, you know, that's pretty much a sell. And I think they reduced it from an overweight to a hold. I mean, they didn't actually put a sell on the thing, but obviously they're, they're telling people to sell it. I mean, it's not like these lines are that hard to read between. But my point is that, you know, this process is coming unglued. The ability of Wall Street to maintain these crazy stocks at bubble prices is an indication that we are nearing the end of this of this bull market. And the only way the Fed is going to be able to extend it is by changing its tune. And as I said on my last podcast, I don't know if that Yellen put is still there. It may have expired uh, with the election of Donald Trump because we know that the Fed wanted to keep the market up when Obama was president. I and mean, that was clearly their goal. Uh, and they also wanted to make Obama look good by keeping the market high. 
But do they really want to make Trump look good by propping up the market, especially since now Trump has wrapped his presidency uh, in, in the market? He's now using the stock market as a barometer of how good a president he is. Do you really think Janet Yellen wants to help make Donald Trump look good? So I don't know. That put may have expired. The Federal Reserve may now have a tolerance for lower stock prices. And I don't know that Wall Street has got that, that maybe the safety net is no longer there. Now, I believe that there's a limit to how much the Fed is willing to allow the stock market to fall. So maybe that limit is bigger. So maybe the strike price of this put is a lot lower than some people on Wall Street perceive. But obviously, the reverse wealth effect is going to be a big deal. The Federal Reserve is going to worry about the weakness on Wall Street spilling over into Main Street. That's when it's going to be a problem for the Fed if they start seeing it affecting employment, if it starts infecting consumer sentiment and psychology. So I believe that the put is there. I just think it's lower than people think, which means there's a lot more risk in the market. Meanwhile, if you look at the way still, a lot of these um, uh, uh, raw material stocks are trading, energy stocks are trading, they are trading very, very well. I mean, it's not really being reported too much, even with the big drop that we recently had in oil prices and gold prices and silver prices. The stocks have held up very well, including the mining stocks and the energy stocks are rallying, agriculture stocks, base metal stocks are rising. Uh, we're starting to see some of these emerging markets again, continuing to pick up markets that are big exporters of commodities. So beneath the surface, we are starting to see this rotation into these commodity-sensitive, inflation-sensitive sectors. And I think this is a significant rotation that is not getting a lot of press, you know, not getting the type of intention that it should, which is good. I'm glad this is happening in obscurity uh, because it, it gives me more confidence in the trade. Meanwhile, the headlines are still about, oh, gold, big drop in silver. You know, I, I uh, recorded a, a video on Monday morning. You know, silver was down almost at $15. You know, it just bounced off that low when I recorded this video because uh, I got at Shift Gold, we were able to organize a great deal from one of our suppliers on silver because at this price and the ratio of gold to silver was near 80 to 1, which is about as cheap as silver is going to get relative to gold. Historically, it's a great buying opportunity. So we're able to lock up this uh, a, a, a deal where we have a limited quantity of junk silver bags that we can sell to our clients at a $1.25 over the spot price of silver, which is generally hard to do. And sometimes these bags are scarce. It's hard to get them. And this is a great uh, price. The premium is very low over the melt value of the silver. Remember, these are 90% silver. You have 715 ounces, troy ounces of silver in every bag. Now, you don't have to buy a full bag. You could buy, you know, a tenth of a bag. But I've always been recommending that people have silver as part of their precious metals portfolio. I'm surprised to find how many people don't own any silver. They just own gold. And I've been saying that, look, you can have maybe as much as a third of your precious metals portfolio in silver. So if you don't have any silver, take advantage and get some of the junk silver. This is a great way to own silver because you got you got legal tender coins, dimes, a quarters, half dollars uh, that, you know, are great for purchases. They're great for, you know, if, if there really is a monetary meltdown, hyperinflation, you want to have some of these coins uh, that you can negotiate. Because believe me, if the dollar is collapsing and people have goods and services that you want to buy, they ain't going to take dollars. They're going to want something else. 
And this is the perfect thing. You're talking about being able to transact and maybe there's going to be a black market. Like what if the government imposes wage and price controls because there's runaway inflation and you have to buy something on the black market? Right. Well, you know, obviously you can't do that with something that can be traced. You can't do that with fiat currency. You can't write a check, use your credit card. You probably can't even use cryptocurrencies, you know, assuming those still have value. You want real money. Gold, these, these silver coins are perfect uh, for those type of transactions. So get some of these silver bags. You know, if you only have gold and you don't have any spare fiat currency, you have, if you figure you're fully allocated to precious metals, you can sell some of your gold and buy some silver. You know, we can do that at Shift Gold. You know, we can buy in some of your gold and, and get you some silver, including this junk silver, which is a great way to have your silver. Also, you know, if you have a gold money account, if you haven't set up a gold money account yet, go to goldmoney.com and set one up. But they have silver now, too. You can sell. In fact, they have a great price on turning some of your physical silver into physical gold while maintaining your gold money holding account. So you can make that switch over there as well and turn some of your gold into silver. If you don't have an account, set one up and start it out funded by buying some silver at goldmoney.com. Now, you know, while I am on the uh, the subject of cryptocurrencies and to risk some more thumbs down on uh, this video, you know, I've been reading all sorts of articles, very bullish. I can't find many bearish articles on these cryptocurrencies. They're all about how much money people are making, how the sky's the limit, Bitcoin's going to go to 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. I mean, there's all sorts of price targets about how high these things are going to go. I'm reading articles about how, you know, the cryptocurrencies make gold obsolete because, you know, before gold didn't have any competition uh, for money, but now, you know, it's got all this competition from cryptocurrencies. There's no need for gold anymore because the cryptocurrencies are better. All this is a bunch of nonsense. Of course, gold always had competition for money. It's just that it beat out all the competitors. It was the best money the free market could find. These cryptocurrencies are not going to withstand the test of time. And of course, there are more and more of these things being created every day. And I pointed out that the peak market cap on these cryptocurrencies, I remember when it was 115, 118, it may have gotten as high as $120 billion for all the cryptos combined. And I'm looking at them now, and it's now below $80 billion. So it's still a lot of value. And um, Bitcoin is you know, regaining some of its market share. As I'm looking at this website, coinmarketcap.com, and it goes for the top 100 cryptocurrencies, and then it gives the total market cap. Now, I'm not sure if this is the total market cap of just those 100, or if that includes, you know, the hundreds and hundreds that weren't big enough to make the list. But the market cap here now is just under 80 billion, 79 and a half billion, and the market cap on Bitcoin is 38.4 billion, so about 45 percent. I think the lowest I saw, I think I saw Bitcoin get down to about maybe 38 percent of the total market cap, but it used to be 80, 90, 95% before all these uh, competitive uh, coins started hitting the market and all these uh, ICOs, initial coin offerings that are going on one after another. But all these articles about all the upside and how everyone's going to get rich and how people are buying in at the bottom. I mean, they're writing about people buying in at the bottom, buying now. We are nowhere near the bottom. These things are all over the place. They talk about them. They write about them. This, if anything, this is near the top. But meanwhile, if you look at the total market cap of these cryptocurrencies now, below 80 billion, when it used to be close to 120 billion, you now have better than a 30% decline in the market cap of cryptocurrencies. 
That means they're in a bear market. I mean, Bitcoin, as I'm talking, Bitcoin is uh, just under 2350. The low this morning, it was down at around 2450. So it's been bouncing around. It's been lower. But it was 3000, you know, within the last month. So even Bitcoin itself is, you know, down over 20% from its peak. So all these currencies now are in a bear market. I mean, just look at the 24-hour change. Some of these, Ripple is down 16%. Uh, Ethereum is down 12%. And then you go down in some of these currencies, if you scroll down, I'm looking at some down 23%, 20 23%, 19%, 17%, 18%, 21%, 24%, 20%, 20%, 26%, 21%. These are just 24-hour declines, 20%, 21%, 19%, 22%, 26.5% on this one, 20%. I mean, big drop. So as I'm reading all these bullish articles about how how much money you're going to make, meanwhile, the price is falling. And I just learned about this company called Salt Lending. And what Salt Lending does is they will let you borrow money against your cryptocurrencies. I don't know if it's just Bitcoin or, you know, how many different cryptos they're willing to accept as collateral. You know, I was reading on their website, and for some reason, I couldn't find, A, what the interest rate was on the loan. Nowhere could I find how much you would be charged to borrow money against your cryptocurrencies, nor could I figure out what the loan-to-value ratio was. How much value in cryptocurrencies do you have to deposit versus what they will lend you? And I don't know when the margin calls would be triggered. I did read on the website that margin calls were possible if the value of your cryptocurrencies declined by a certain amount, but they didn't really say what those benchmarks were. So I don't know, maybe maybe they'll give you a, a 50% loan to value. So maybe if you deposit $10,000 worth of Bitcoins, you can borrow $5,000 of fiat currency uh, against that. And you've pledged your $10,000 of Bitcoins as collateral. Now, obviously, if Bitcoins go down to some level, obviously, they're not going to let it go down all the way to the 5000 That's probably too risky. I don't know how much cushion they want. Maybe if your Bitcoins go down to 7000 of value, for example, you might have a margin call. They might require you to bring it back up and put in another 3000 or so. And if you don't put it out, they're going to sell your Bitcoins for whatever they can get. And then they'll take back their 5000 And if there's anything left over, well then, well, then you can have that. But to me, this is the sign, again, of a top that people would want to lever up their cryptocurrencies, that there's some company that's going to take the risk. Because if you look at the way these things trade, there's not a lot of bids there. I mean, if there's ever a bunch of margin calls where you have forced selling, where you just have to hit a bid, I mean, those bids are not that big. I mean, this market can evaporate. And even if they have a big cushion when they put out the margin call, Uh, By the time they actually liquidate uh, your collateral, it may not be equal to the loan. So it could be a big loss for the lenders. And by reading on this website, if you borrow against your your Bitcoin, the only recourse the lender has is the Bitcoin collateral. I mean, if the Bitcoin collateral loses too much value and they sell it and they still haven't recouped what they loaned you, they can't go after your bank account. They can't garnish your wages or seize your car or something. It's, you know, all they can get is the cryptocurrency. But, you know, it's if, if these cryptocurrencies are money, why would people even be borrowing against them in the first place? If you need money, just spend your cryptocurrencies. The fact that people want to lever them up, they don't want to treat them as money. They want to treat them as a speculative asset. They don't want to sell them. 
They want them to keep going up, even though they need money to buy other things. So people are going to borrow money against their Bitcoin so they can you know, take a vacation or buy a television set. Or maybe some people are borrowing money against their Bitcoins to buy more Bitcoins, right? Because if you deposit $10,000 worth of Bitcoins and they loan you $5,000, you could take that $5,000, buy $5,000 more worth of Bitcoins, send them over to uh, Salt Lending. And they'll loan you another 2500 bucks. Then you can buy those Bitcoins and send them back and they'll loan you 1250 I mean, if you do this back and forth, back and forth, eventually you could basically double the amount of Bitcoins that you control. So you could control $20,000 worth of Bitcoins for $10,000. But of course, you better be careful of a margin call that could wipe you out and you'd end up losing, losing everything. But, you know, more and more people are getting suckered into this market as the prices are coming down. And to me, it seems like the the early money has been selling into this euphoria, obviously, because with all this positive press, with all this hype, the price is going down. So somebody is selling. Who's doing the selling? Obviously, it's people that got in a long time ago who are cashing out at these higher prices. And you have a lot of, you know, Johnny come lately is hoping to strike it rich. They've read these stories, very reminiscent of these dot coms. And I think it's not an accident that you're seeing the air coming out of the tech bubble, you're seeing the Snapchat collapsing, you're seeing Blue Apron, and at the same time, you are seeing uh, the cryptocurrencies coming down. And as I, I mentioned before, I do think that a key is going to be the breakout in the price of gold. Because, again, I've read more articles about how these cryptocurrencies are competing with gold and how, yes, they've been stealing some of gold's thunder because they've been going up, whereas gold's been going down. But if gold really starts to go up, and believe me, I think it's, you know, it's it's nearing a bottom or bottom in this last, you know, sell off in silver could be, you know, a capitulation low. We took out a lot of the week longs. We suckered some more shorts in there and we're setting the market up for a big rise. We get a big rise and all of a sudden some of this crypto money now says, you know what? Now it's time to change lanes. For years, gold hasn't been going up. Now it is going up. Now it's reacting as a as a hedge. Uh, I want to take some profits off these cryptocurrencies and now I want to get into gold, right? Because gold wasn't working and the cryptos were. Now gold's working and the cryptos aren't, so let me move. And believe me, you get even, I don't know, 5%, 10% of the money in these cryptocurrencies wants out to go into gold all at the same time, you know, we're not going to have enough new buyers. And of course, eventually, as this market really starts to go down, then some of the people who bought at higher prices are going to get scared. They're going to want out. They're not going to want to ride this thing down to zero. They signed up for instant wealth. I don't know how much pain they're willing to endure. You know, some of the new buyers who maybe bought in at 2700 2600 2800 they see Bitcoin trading below 2000 or maybe substantially below 2000 Are they just going to have the patience to wait it out? Are they the, the guys that are committed? I mean, some of the guys that got in earlier, they were just completely committed. They actually drunk the Kool-Aid. They believed that this is uh, going to be the new money for the world. And so they were riding it out. But you get some of these guys that got in lately, uh, just wanted to buy into a rising market. They may not have stomach. They may not be true believers. They just wanted to make a buck, and they thought it would keep going up. They didn't even understand it. Uh, they bought it. So be very, very careful here about about that. But I think all this is a sign. Uh, what's going on in, in, in commodities with these commodity stocks? There's the smart money, as far as I can see, moving into these stocks, despite the fact that we're getting some superficial weakness in the commodities themselves. Money is now moving in to the stocks, indicating that people who are forward-thinking are starting to see past 
uh, the forest for the trees and are starting to see, you know, beyond uh, the valley to the mountain that these commodities are bottoming and moving higher. And they're trying to jump ahead of that by getting positioned in these companies that benefit from it. No, and by the way, at Shift Gold, we do accept payment in Bitcoins. I don't know about any other cryptocurrencies, but I know we do Bitcoin through BitPay. So we don't directly take your Bitcoins, but we make it easy for you to use your Bitcoins uh, to buy gold and silver. So you can buy some silver, right? Use some of our junk silver on special with silver barely over it. Maybe it's about $15.5 an ounce. And you can take your Bitcoins that are around $23.50 per coin and you can can turn that into a lot of silver, a lot of silver. And who knows uh, what these bitcoins are going to be worth when silver makes a new high. Remember, if you look at the price of silver now, I mean, this is the lowest it's been since early, uh, you know, early 2016, but it's not much higher than it was in the beginning of 2009. I mean, silver was $15, $16 an ounce in early 2009. By mid-2011, it hit $50 an ounce, an all-time high. It didn't take long, a little over two years, for the price of silver to move up like that. Uh, so if it can do it back then, believe me, it can do it again, especially since monetary conditions are much looser. You have much more debt now than we had in 2011. And the Fed was, you know, just finished QE1 and 2. I mean, they had started three, but now people were talking about how successful it was. It was going to work. The market came down. If we got to go back to the QE well and start all over again, we got to launch QE4 from scratch. We go into a new recession that sends the budget deficits closer to $2 trillion a year. Right when all those things starts to unravel, if uh, silver was able to rise up to fifty dollars an ounce before, imagine how much higher it can go up next time. And I think you know, once silver gets above fifty, fifty is going to be the floor. You know, right now we have a double top up there because we got to fifty in nineteen eighty. People thought it would never get up there again, and then it did it in two thousand eleven. So now we got this big double top. But once we break through it, you know, that could be the floor. I mean, people will be looking to buy the dips down there if they get them. So now it's a great time to be positioned. And if you can do it by using your cryptocurrencies, all the better. Remember, you want to sell things when they are popular and everybody wants them. And you you want to buy what people don't want, right? You want to take advantage of uh, a situation, like feed the ducks while they're quacking, right? Everybody is quacking around these uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. Everybody and their brother wants cryptocurrencies. All these articles, crypto millionaires, crypto billionaires, right? All this press sell into it. It's a frenzy. Feed the ducks that are quacking, right? Nobody wants silver. They're giving it away. It's dirt cheap. You want to sell straw hats in summer and buy them in winter, right? You want to be a contrarian, right? Right now, the contrarian play, sell into the crypto mania, buy into the silver market, and just wait. Just wait and be patient, and you'll make money. Also, the dollar. Forgot to mention the weakness in the dollar today. Dollar index started the day higher, but ended up selling off. We got down close to new seven-month lows. Didn't quite close there, but still now at a 95 handle. I think 95.75. We got down as low as maybe, uh, I think, 95.60 or so on the dollar index. Euro pretty much right on the highs, up at 114.65. One of the key currencies, though, again, is going to be the Japanese yen. If we do get a rally in the yen, look for a big pop in the price of gold and silver, because it has been the weakness in the yen. The yen traded down to a two-month low on uh, on Monday, uh, Sunday night, Monday. And that was one of the reasons that we had that downward pressure on on gold and then, of course, silver. But, of course, as I mentioned in, the, in, the, in my last podcast and the video I put up for Shift Gold, this 
gold Japanese yen link is going to be severed eventually because gold is the real safe haven, not the Japanese yen. And the Japanese yen is not going to determine the price of gold. And of course, if the Japanese yen crashes because of massive inflation, money printing in Japan to try to keep interest rates artificially low, that's not going to drag gold down. That's going to cause gold to skyrocket when you start to see that happening. So this this, uh, relationship has got to break at some point, but it's going to break in gold's favor. So it's not that, oh, if the Japanese yen goes up, gold's going to go down. No, I think if the yen goes up, gold's going up. It's just that one day the yen's going to go down and gold's going to go up anyway because they're not going to care because people are going to see the more important relationship. And again, once the Japanese yen is not perceived as a safe haven, then if you're worried, what are you going to buy? All that's left is gold. Now, there are a lot of people that think that they're going to be these cryptocurrencies. No, look, why didn't the cryptocurrencies rally uh, at all? There was a lot of things that could have prompted some safe haven buying over the last few weeks. No buying, just selling, coming into these currencies. So to me, it looks like that that ship has sailed. Now, of course, if I'm wrong, if you know Bitcoin goes through 3,000, 4,000, then okay, then this isn't the top. Then the top is somewhere higher. But I think regardless of where the top is, <laughs> the bottom is going to fall out of the market and it's going to come crashing down. But I have a feeling that it's going to be too easy. I don't think that people buying into these currencies now at this late date are going to have the opportunity to sell out with a profit. To me, it's more likely uh, that if you want to make a profit, you better sell now uh, because uh, sooner rather than later, the profits are going to turn into losses. Don't forget shiftgold.com. Go there to buy your silver and uh, your junk silver, $1.25 over spot. You will not find junk silver bags. Those are, you know, 1965 or earlier, pre-65, so 1964 or earlier, minted U.S. coins. You won't find them anywhere cheaper than $1.25 over the spot price of silver. So at shiftgold.com and also uh, goldmoney.com. Open up your account there. You can buy yourself some silver there. You can sell gold and buy silver very cheaply. And then, of course, you have access to your gold and silver. You can spend it using your, your prepaid debit card, or you can transfer ownership, small portions of your ownership, to other people for free.